Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Uh, it's going uh, super duper. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I um, I oh, is that you? I'm um, hello. 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 Why? Why is that happening? What's what happening? <laughs> what? Oh, someone is calling me on the phone, and it's ringing in my computer. No, no, no. That shouldn't be. I think you got hacked. Ah, did I get hacked? <laughs> you got hacked. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I don't want to be hacked. I'll turn on your screen sharing. Let me in and I'll fix your computer. <laughs> I'm not giving you the permission. I'm going to give you the Trojan horse. <laughs> now you, you know have what Trojan it is? horse. It's the North Koreans. Oh, the North Koreans. Yeah, that's Little what it is. Rocket it's got to be. Man. <laughs> <laughs> They're hacking us. Hacked. Mm. I had some, had some roast boeuf. Oh, nice. Here's what happened. A couple of years ago. I got almonds. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine who uh, owns a farm. Mm-hmm. I, I may have mentioned him before. His name is Kurt Timmermeister. Mm, that's an excellent name. It's a real name. Kurt Timmermeister. Uh, he used to run a restaurant in Seattle called the Cafe Setiem because he had mm. gone to France to learn to cook. And this was bef- this was before I'd ever heard someone really use the word chef outside of a either Chef Boyardee, chef Boyardee or sure. or a context of like oh at the at the Four Seasons Hotel they had a chef a long time before I ever heard the word chef <clears throat> used without any other. Um, like conjunction of any kind, like just I was talking to chef. Oh, have you that heard this? way. Oh, yeah, there's no article. Oh, no article. Right. No article. Have, have you heard of this? I've, I, oh I, no, I it's a thing. You. I learned about it from the Top Chef TV program. Mm. Thank you, chef. No, I had never heard that before. I mean, even if you're even if you're like talking about your captain, my captain, mm-hmm. stand on a desk. You would say the captain or a captain or. It's I mean, just, it's another one of these Britishisms, probably. Or yes. like the continent. Like you say but you anyway, go to hospital. You say uh, you went to university. You say oh, you yeah. talk to chef. Actually, you know what? God damn it. Faulty Towers. On Faulty Towers. Faulty fucking motherfucking towers. Yes. Uh, they, they refer to him as chef. Well, they do. The guy, the guy that, who's got the karate class? There it is. That makes sense now. Oh, it's, a, it's a, a European thing. There's a character here in Seattle that talks about uh, table. What? Uh, I well because he has this idea that he has the, he has these big dinner parties where he tries to put interesting people together to all talk about stuff and be interesting, largely to just sort of feed his ego that he is somebody oh, that brings he had, interesting does he people have together. Salon? Yeah, that's right. And he's, by the way, just, he just, for about, what's, just for what's worth, every possible opportunity for the rest of this program, I'm going to try to avoid using articles whenever I can. Now back to okay. podcast. Okay, host. <laughs> or no, I guess host is like yeah. That, 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 that even makes whatever, sense to me. Whatever is in show is in show. Thank you. Whatever's in show is in show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always stands up at these events and says, it's so wonderful to have everyone at table. Ah, and, and you just, you know, you want to throw your braised uh, rutabagas on the floor at that moment. But um, but the person sitting next to you is so in- interesting and entertaining that you don't want to leave. Table. Anyway, uh, so Kurt Timmermeister was very early on uh, a character that did this farm-to-table thing where he oh, sold his Café Setiem and moved to Vashon Island, mm. 
um, or as Maria Semple would say, Vachon Island, mm, mais oui. which is an island uh, very near to Seattle, but uh, but very rural. So uh, it's it's you know to. 25-minute ferry ride, but it's like going back in time, and you can own a farm there, and you can raise your children um, with bare feet. Right on farm. Uh, right on farm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, uh, Kurt, and I used to, I lived at the Setiem, uh, uh, but uh, he decided he didn't want to be a restaurateur anymore. He wanted to be a farmer. And so, he has this wonderful farm where he grows all these wonderful things, and then he had these dinners... He had, and we went at dinner. Or I'm two, sorry, I'm just I'm, laughing because our generation is so fucking stupid and funny. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but it's wonderful. so funny. Well, what would make you go from, like, I like drinking out of aluminum cans to I'm going to become a metallurgist? It's so yeah. odd. It's so odd that, like, that just seems like such a normal thing now. Well, first I used to do this fruity thing with food, so I decided to go closer to the source. So now I'm on farm. And that he's on farm, and he, and, and the thing about Kurt is he's wonderful, but he's also awful. Good for, like, well, he's, good, well hmm. he's very difficult character he would be the first to admit it um and uh so he moved out there and then he periodically he would have these dinners where uh you would come to farm come to farm and, sit, and, and he would have table you would sit at table and he would <laughs> he would serve you meal it's like skin crawl <laughs> It's so cute. Oh, God. He served you meal, and it was uh-huh. again. It was um, it was just the food that he grew, on and raised on his farm. The only things that he didn't make himself were sugar, salt, coffee, wine, and wheat. Thing he'd go buy at store from merchant. At store from merchant, mm-hmm. or merchant would deliver. Uh, oh, he's probably got a fucking milk truck drawn by a, yeah, an old exactly. mare. Delivered Milk's by here. truck. Here's milk. And so it was. Oh no, we had milk. He 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 had oh, milk. Of course, he's cows, got milk. Yeah. And he made his own cheese. But if he wanted Snapple or something, he had to go to a store. If you wanted Snapple, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and of course, he served wine with the dinner because these are fancy people. And he had a big long uh, table in an old. And he converted like I think one of the structures on his property was the oldest cabin on Vashon Island. That he eventually turned into his house, and then there were these barns and stuff that he turned into big sort of spaces. Anyway, it was wonderful, and he would prepare the meal, and he had oh, and and so he um he also apprenticed young chefy people mm-hmm. from Seattle who would come over, and I think probably work for free or work for less than free. They probably had to pay with like a pound of flesh to mm-hmm. have the privilege to stand in this kitchen and make this food for these swells. And and initially it was just friends of his. And then it, he extended the franchise to, if you knew a friend of his, you could come to this dinner. It was friend of friend. Okay. And then you had to know someone who had been to a dinner before. And pretty soon a, that... A legacy. Right. Pretty soon that became too unwieldy. There were too many people who wanted to go because these dinners didn't happen all the time. It's a lot of work and it sounds like it could get kind of costly. Well, and it was costly. I didn't drink wine. Uh, and also I was a friend, so it didn't get too costly, but there were, but people were paying money for mm-hmm. sure to go. To this. And, and it went from being a thing where you would sit, sit at table mm-hmm. and everyone around table was somebody that you knew from the town or they were all artists and, uh, 
you know, and Kurt was gay, so he had access to like a lot of very interesting people that were middle-aged people that had lived a lot of lives. You know, um, it was a it was a very fascinating salon. Oh, that but sounds then like fun. It was great, but then it became more and more rich people who were less and less fascinating. They thought they oh, were fascinating, geez. but they were the type of rich people who went to things like this uh, because they were rich. Because they were rich, and but they were you know Not because they, they were, were interesting. Like, they were lawyers, and they were more interesting than the people that worked at their office. They, that's the thing. They thought they were the interesting ones because they went to this thing in Bashan. Uh, but then you're sitting next to them, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm the interesting person here. Like, I'm the one that's going to make this interesting for this person to go back to their office and feel like they'd had an interesting experience. But you're not helping me no. <laughs> at all. Why don't you give me your watch? Hey, buddy, mm-hmm. let me hold your wallet. Um, Is this your card? (laughs) You're so so amusing, Mr. Roderick. (laughs) But so Kurt eventually was like, I don't, you know, as soon as I say I'm having a dinner, it sells out immediately. So now I'm going to insist that if I I don't know you personally, that you write an essay or do a piece of art Mm -hmm. in order to come to the dinner. Okay. And then what he did was he gave himself a job of grading 300 pieces of art. And he was like, no... Screw that. It sounds like the beginning of a PBS special I would never finish. <laughs> and eventually he said, I'm not doing this anymore. Kurt and he discovered stopped. something very interesting. <laughs> he began as restaurateur, moved to farm, and soon found himself art. <laughs> so he said, I'm not doing that anymore. Now I'm just going to make... So he wrote a book about the about Farm to Table, which was very influential. And I think he influenced a whole generation of... of uh, cooks here mm-hmm. in seattle who aspire to chefdom oh look at that kurt timmermeister kurt timmermeister growing He's, a feast the chronicle of a farm-to-table meal there it is He's uh, this sponsor. Was, he was pretty he was pretty early on in this game and very and very uh, almost anyone who's cooking in seattle now who is who believes in farm to table is influenced by or has some connection to kurt Okay. So, so Kurt decided to start making cheese, which was the new uh, farm-to-table-y thing to do. Okay. Cheese, is, cheese requires that you do th- interesting things to, get, to make it good. So he started making cheese, and then he started making ice cream. And then he opened a shop on Capitol Hill that is a very, very cute ice cream store. Um, and on Capitol Hill in Seattle now... There, there are like five or six different places that you can go get some expensive ice cream. And I think Kurtz is the most expensive, but it's also like it's very good. You mm-hmm, know, it's, mm-hmm. if you're if you're going to pay ten dollars for a pint of ice cream, like I would highly recommend that you go to. Anyway, Kurt contacted a small group of his friends at one point and said, "I am butchering a cow, and if you want some, tell me." Mm-hmm. And I wrote him and said, I want some. And he said, okay, uh, give me $250. Hmm. And I said, okay. Hmm. And then he said, come by the ice cream shop for your boof. And this was a cow I knew, right? I'd met this cow. Okay. I had I'd patted this cow on the nose. I had consumed some of this cow's milk i presume uh so i arrived at the ice cream shop and i think there the was meat a... cows are usually boys oh okay I well think maybe usually this... i think that's usually a, a steer 
Maybe but, I, I, but I don't know. I don't know if he had an intersectional farm. Maybe an, I didn't, intersectional I'd farm. Drink the milk. Maybe I didn't drink the milk. Okay. Maybe I didn't drink milk. I, I drank milk. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was a boy that he didn't want, right? Because the cows were making other cows. And oh, then you get a boy and you're like, you got to get rid of these boys. They're just coming up the works. Too many boys. Too many boys, not enough. Cow cows. Right. So I, anyway, I knew all his cows. I'd patted them all. I mean, it's not like I knew them like, a, like we talked or mm-hmm. like, I, like I wrote them when I wasn't there. <laughs> But I show up at the ice cream store, and here's this big package of boof. And I took it home, and I unwrapped it, and it was all kinds of boof. And then I'm confronted with a, with kind of a confusion, right? Because I know if I if I know like I got some ribeyes, I got some short ribs, I got some tenderloins, you know, things that I know what to do with. And then I got some hamburger, which I also know what to do with. But mm-hmm. then there's all those. Cuts of meat that I never quite figured out what the hell to do with them. Like a, they call it a variety meat. Yeah, all these meats where it's like, hmm, what is that? I mm-hmm, don't know what mm-hmm. a London broil is. Yeah. I don't know what a what a uh, what I'm supposed to do with these things. And so I started putting the name that was written in Sharpie on the white butcher paper on a on a thing of meat in the freezer. I would type that into the internet. And invariably, there was some very cheerful person on the internet who had made a short video about how to make it, okay. how to make this thing. And I, honestly, Merlin, one of the things that one of the areas of adulthood that I feel like I am a flop mm-hmm. is C- that I, cookie cooking and recipes. I cannot cook a steak. Oh no! Come the on. The simplest of all things, the <sighs> thing that everybody oh, thinks is subtle. so easy. It's so subtle, John. It's very subtle. I'm, and I'm I'm a ham-fisted steak cooker. Mm. I always overdo it. I always think like, oh well, it just needs another second, and then it's all I ruin it. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. And I cook them outside. I cook them inside. I cook them in pans. I cook God, them. In the I, oven, I, I really cook... admire you for saying that. There are so few men that would yeah. admit that. I, I'm really I really respect that. Well, and I, I come over... at this. Understand? I come at this as somebody. I think I make a pretty good steak, but I also you feel do. like I'm a student for life. I'll always be. I, I improved my process vastly last week. This huh. is a constant, ongoing process. You never really arrive. What happened? What happened last week? Well, I can tell you if you want. It's it's, it's kind of boring, but I learned uh, how to do some stuff with herbs and butter that was very exciting. Herbs? herbs oh, you're butter. so far ahead of me. You're like a thousand years ahead. No, no. It's the I hell mean, there's, herbs. There's some life hacks, but no, I don't. Uh, let's come back to it. I don't want to derail your story. Yeah. So, so, so. The well, thing I mean, is, I got all these friends. I got you know Jonathan Colton and Jason Finn. Both have those big green eggs. Oh, they got that eggs. They're out. They're stoking these eggs all day. Wow, and, I can see Jason getting real into that. Oh, he's so into his egg. Yeah. And the thing is, he Jason it can make a pork tenderloin. I bet he's a good cook. He's really good, and he makes these pork tenderloins where it's just like where I, I like the first fifteen times that he served this to me. After I started like eating if anybody came near me i would like stab at him with a mm-hmm. fork like get yeah. away get away good pork can because do that the, to you oh it's so good yeah. and then i would say to him like where did you get this magical food and he's like costco yeah i'm like screw you costco yeah. not fair how do you how how and he's mm. but he's doing the thing he's got the thermometer and he's yes. like thinking about it, you know thinking about it anyway so i get this i got these these things in the freezer and I and I, I have some people over, and I'm like, I'm just gonna make, <laughs> I'm gonna make these three, 
and they're unrelated. <laughs> These three um, white wrapped things with magic marker with Sharpie on it. That's, yeah, that's the idea. One of them, one uh-huh. of them is a London broil. One of them, I think, is a tenderloin. One of them is a flank. Steak. I mean, there's just like these words that I know yeah. that I heard them. I know they mean something. When I'm in a restaurant, I either go, I either get the filet or I get the ribeye if I'm mm-hmm. feeling adventurous. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a really nice restaurant, you get the ribeye because it's always great. If you're mm-hmm. in a medium nice restaurant, sometimes mm. the ribeye can be a little bit too much, mm. too much connective information mm-hmm. not enough yummy i mean i don't like to order a steak where i leave half the steak behind because it isn't steak right if you get one that's not very well marbled you get a big hunk of fat in it you just paid a lot for a bone and fat yeah right i don't want that i don't yeah. want bone and fat uh, they were a great mid-90s uh, oh, fantastic very very, yeah. Oh, yeah, very blues influenced yeah, bone yeah. And fat. um so i go on on the internet and i go london broil what is it and there's a woman that says, here's what you do with London broil. You fill a pan. You fill a, a, a skillet with oil so that it's like two inches deep. And then you deep fry it. Flying steak? Well, no. Or London, London broil. broil. London broil. Uh, huh. Deep okay. fry it. Well, and it does say kind of right there on the name how they want you to make it. Well, and then you put it in the oven. Oh, you give it a sear and then you finish it in the oven unit. Yeah, but the okay. sear is a deep fry. Then you mm. put it in the oven. And then you bring it back out and just plop it in the oil one more time to, like, deep fry it. brother. That sounds pretty good. And then you pull it out, and then you put a bunch of butter on it and herbs, (sighs) which I don't know what those are. So good. When when people say herb, I usually just put garlic salt on it. Yeah, I mean, that should count, yeah. Um, And so I was like, well, if that's going to work for London broil, it's also going to work for these other steaks. (laughs) (laughs) So I get a little factory going. Mm. I'm dropping making, these. Just so we're clear here, just to remind our listeners, you're doing all. You're making three sets of meat for table, all at the same time, prepared the same way. Right, and they are all frozen solid because they've been in my freezer. So I'm dropping them frozen <laughs> oh, no, into no. the into oh, the oil no, 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 no. and deep frying them frozen, which I figured was like this is how <laughs> people you get, have to make art to come. <laughs> this is how you get crispy on the outside and uh-huh. juicy on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I do it. I do yeah. all this. I put them all in the oven. Oh, boy. I cook them for some <laughs> amount of time. Somewhere probably in between what she said because it's like, well, you don't want to overdo it. And then I do it. Then I flop them again. And then I know you're supposed to let them rest. You got to let them rest. So I let so them I set let up, I say. Yeah. yeah. I let them sit there for a while. Mm-hmm. Think about what they and did. Then, and then I'm like, ta-da! Hey! And everybody's sitting there with their with their uh, little uh, lobster bibs tucked in their shirts with their <laughs> knives and, and, a knife and a fork in each hand, uh-huh. sitting at and the table. Like <laughs> big, big tongues licking their lips like nom nom nom. Mm, that smells good. And I put them down, and I'm like, here they are. And you and you cut into them, and they were like very pink inside. One of them was red, like you know, they're rare. The the most cooked ones were rare. The uncooked ones were, like, very rare, undercooked, uh, but, like, crusty on the outside. Yeah. And I was like, these are going to be amazing. This is going to blow everybody's mind. But then I started eating them, and they were very chewy. Mm. 
And I didn't understand how they could be so chewy because they were... They looked steaky. They looked very steaky. I don't understand what happened. Uh, but everyone was very polite. Uh, my daughter had some. Oh. Uh, my, my house guest had some. Mm. Um, she said that it was, like, delicious. I I was doing that thing that chef does sometimes, which is say, this isn't delicious. Don't pretend that it is. And the reply was, it's great. It's wonderful. Mm. I knew it wasn't. I've yeah. eaten lots of steaks. I like steak. The problem of not being able to cook it is not that I don't like it. Yeah. That's how I know I've failed. Oh, man. So then... The people at the table were not, they didn't eat all the steak Mm -hmm. by a fair margin. I had a lot of leftover steak, which isn't, you know, like at Jason Finn's house, there's Mm -hmm. no leftover pork tenderloin. He can make it. So all their mouth words say it was really good, but you feel like their their mouth, their mouth usings indicated otherwise. They left some on the plate. Awful lot of steak laying around. Oh boy. Mm. So then I had a, refrigerator where I had these steaks, these separate uh, half steaks sitting in containers. These are leftovers. Leftovers. And I'd open the refrigerator and I'd look at them and I'd go, "Uh, what am I supposed to do with you now? Microwaving you isn't going to help. Right. But yesterday I pulled them out and I put them, I took them all out and I put them on the cutting board and I'm looking at them. I'm kind of, you know, I'm rolling my fingers like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, trying to to figure out what's going, what, what to do next. And I take out my fancy Japanese knife and I start slicing them real thin, slicing them across the grain, slice, Mm. slice, slice with my little Japanese knife, just Mm. like, like, uh, doing a whole like slice them up thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I realized that I had made fantastic roast beef. Oh, that would be that would be good on a sandwich. And I started making sandwiches with this roast beef that was like very rare in the middle and kind of like crusty on the outside. Were you eating it at uh, refrigerator temperature? Refrigerator temperature. Mm, boy, that sounds good. With a piece of Swiss cheese oh, on boy. some nice oh, art- that's good. artisanal bread. Oh, boy. And all of a sudden, I had gone from being a total steak flop mm-hmm. to being like roast beef ninja. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how I, how I got there. It was like, <sighs> so now I'm all about well, how do I intentionally make roast beef mm-hmm. where it's not that I just don't know how to make steak. You feel like maybe a little bit, you got a little bit lucky with that one. Well, I, I pulled the fat from the fire, if you yes. know what I'm saying. I do. I do. Um, but but there was nobody there to share it with me, right? I didn't have my dinner table people, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're actually making sandwiches. I ended up like, this was a private moment I had with the roast beef. <laughs> but, then, but then I went online, and I was like, how to make a roast beef. Mm-hmm. And all of the recipes were talking about how to make a roast beef like back in the old days when we were kids and people would serve a roast beef for dinner. Like, here's a beef and there's gravy and there's vegetables and potatoes, like a roast beef instead of, I didn't even remember that. I didn't even remember until I was reading these. Are you talking about like there's a distinction between like what you get at a deli versus what in England they might call like a Sunday roast? Right. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about a Sunday roast. I'd forgotten that that even was a thing. Oh, that could be such a nice thing. 
only the roast beef that I get at the at the deli is that's the only kind of roast beef I I've experienced in 20 years. But when we were kids, mm-hmm. you'd go to Sunday dinner at somebody's house. Roast beef dinner. Make a beef or or, uh, or at a holiday, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. absolutely wasn't, wasn't and Christmas a roast that beef? kind of beef done well. I mean, it does not have to be a standing rib roast. You can make you can make a pretty nice roast roast beef. It doesn't have to be super costly. It's all about the preparation, I think. Oh, this is a good. You know what? This is an exciting experiment for you. You got a nice oven. You could do this. I need this. What is it? What do I do? Well, you know, it'd be kind of boring to talk about on an internet mean, about radio herbs? show. But you know. What about herbs? Tell me about herbs. Well, um, you know, I I, I realize you, you, you will understandably be resistant to this, but one thing that's kind of fun and counterintuitive is, is sous vide, where you cook it in like a, a water bath in bags. I know, I know. Okay, so if you don't want to do that, okay, here, here's the very, very short version of how to make a, a steak. Like, don't get the nicest steak in the world, but get a nice steak. Maybe get New York Strip. Or, mm-hmm. or you could get a ribeye, but I would say start with a New York strip. It's more forgiving. Uh, let, let the steak come to, you want probably med- rare to medium rare, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my, my quickie would be get your steak, let it come to room temperature. So have it out for like an hour or so. Get a pan, get a fan going, get a pan going very, very, very hot. And put a little bit or probably a little bit of like oil in there, maybe canola oil or lard a- you could use, but canola oil will be fine. Get a fan going, get a pan going. Get a fan and a pan. Uh, oh. Put lots of kosher salt on right. either side of the steak and on the edges, and then any of the other kinds of things that you would like. It actually does not need to be a ton of stuff. I would say pepper. You might put some uh, garlic powder, or you could you could use fresh garlic, but gar- garlic powder actually works pretty well. You could put on some secret salt. I think you're not a fan of secret salt, but you could put that talk on about, if you want. Talk about Lowry seasoning salt? Get some MSG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the idea is, when it's super hot, you kind of like gently, real gentle, like you put it in there with your tongs. You should hear lots of sizzling. And what you can do is, so what I do is at that point, I've got some, you get rosemary, you get thyme, and you get a little bit of bay leaf. And I put that on top of the steak. And then I got this little iron deal that I put on top that like holds it down and sears it. But now, wait a minute. Aren't those three things, rosemary, thyme, uh, bay leaf, bay leaf. I, and I like bay leaf in a spaghetti sauce. Mm-hmm. I'll always throw a couple of bay leaves in a spaghetti sauce. I've never been quite sure what a bay leaf does. I think it might be a jam up, but it seems to do something. My aunt, Martha, mm-hmm. had a famous spaghetti sauce. Every family's got somebody that's got a famous spaghetti sauce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Martha had this famous spaghetti sauce. I None of us could figure out what it was that made it so good, that made it so distinctive. And I think it was the bay leaf. Hmm. So I started throwing bay leaf in my spaghetti sauce, but I don't think I throw enough bay leaf in there. You have to kind of break them in half and throw them in there. Usually I don't you think put I them in enough. whole and take them out at the end. Oh, right. Okay. But I mean, this is, so this is a real simple method and there's, there's more sophisticated ways to do what we're talking about here. But so then, so what I do, what I do then is, like I say, I put, I, I put those herbs, I don't put the herbs, I don't like smash them into the steak before I sear it. At that point, it's mostly, it's mostly salt. Salt's the most important part. Mm. And, uh, and so at that point now it's searing a little bit. You got your, you got your herbs on top of the steak with a little iron thing, you pushing it down or similar. You could use also use another pan to p- kind of push it down. We don't get a lot of BTUs, so it needs some help. Now at this point, what I would do is take about two tablespoons of butter and put that into the pan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to kind of lift up the thing. You scrape off, you scrape off the herbs so that the herbs go into the butter that's melting really fast. Now you're going to redistribute all the oily stuff. You flip the steak back over. At this point, you spoon some of the herby butter onto the top of the steak that's cooking. Spoon 
the herby butter. Spoon the herby butter. You get yourself a tablespoon. Be careful not to burn your hand. It's really easy to do. But when you kind of you got you turn the pan a little bit, you get some herby butter. You put that on there. You let that sear real good. Now oh, you're gonna have yeah. to do this a few times to get the doneness that you want. But I yeah. would say. Try that. You can also, if you want it, you could, you could flip it again and do the butter on the other side too. But at this point, you got that's going to be a pretty good steak right there. Mm. I know. I, I'm just. I'm so confident that I could do that exact thing and screw it up really I know. badly. I, anybody can. I mean, it's 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 a, the problem is like it is kind of a game of seconds mm. in a lot of ways. You know. You know. Look at like hamburgers. A hamburger seems like the easiest thing in the world to make, but how many shitty hamburgers have you had that somebody made at their house? Like. A hamburger is easy to screw up. There's all kinds of ways people try to get cute with a hamburger, and they fuck it up. And it's either, like, too cute. They fuck it up. And then it's got fucking cheese in the middle, and it's burnt, and it's weird. And you're like, no. but you think about, like, think about, like, a, a burger that you get even at a fast food place. It's so good. You know what it is? One thing is that men play with the food too much. You can't play with the food too Don't much. play with it. Don't play with the food. Don't poke the food. I mean, you can touch the food to see how done it is, but don't poke it. Don't see if no, blood comes out. Stop see, doing that. You're going to drain see, all the juices. Don't do that. You don't want that. Don't drain the men juices. Men fiddle. Men get bored. And this is one way a lot of men screw up on the grill is they feel like they need to be touching the meat a lot. Mm. Don't touch the meat so much. When it smells like meat, when it smells like steak, it's steak. That's when you're mm. getting near mm. steak. Oh, 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 You should be able to hear steak. And you should be able to smell steak. When it smells, hears, and... When it hears and smells like steak, you're getting like close steak. to steak. That's steak. If it doesn't sound like steak, it may not be steak yet. Uh, and if uh, it smells like steak for too long, now you've got another thing. Oh, now it's post-steak. Now it's post-steak, and it's only, maybe only good for sandwiches. Well... <sighs> Sorry, that was super boring. But it no, is, it's, okay. it's actually... The, the butter thing sounds crazy, but butter, butter on hot dogs, butter on steak, I'm telling you, it's so good. Um, uh, you know, I think you're helping people. I mean, yeah. you're certainly helping me, although I'm going to do exactly what you just said and I'm going to ruin it. No, no. I don't know why. Here's another tip. Um, if you get, if you get fresh herbs, uh, this, I'm not a foodie, so fuck that. But what you might do is if you get fresh herbs, you don't want to have powdered herbs, uh, thyme, bay leaf, and, um, rosemary, if you don't have a bush, excuse me, um, yeah. all three of those freeze just fine. You put them in a zip up back. Put, but my, zip, up, my pro- put them in. problem with thyme and rosemary is I do have those in the garden. Thyme is very good on lots of meats. But isn't it just, doesn't it just make everything taste like dirty grass? It's, no, that's cilantro. Hmm. Thyme, just try, try a little, little bit of thyme on a steak. It'll rock your world. All right. You don't, so you don't want tons of this stuff. I mean, rosemary, like any of these herbs, people use them too much because they're, again, men, like you put yeah. too much of stuff in. It's not yeah. there. You're, you're having a steak. You're not having a pile of rosemary with meat in it. Like, Yeah, thank God you said something. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't want to see rosemary. I don't want to even know it's there. I just no. want to... I want the thing to be good. Mm-hmm. And then, when it's done, know, then when it's done, I would toss it into, this is not super critical. Some people say it is. I don't care. Is what don't, I normally do. don't, yes, yes, garbage. Don't email me. Wrap it up a few times in aluminum foil and let it sit for about 10 minutes. You'll be good to go. All right. You can slice, slice it thin for your guests. That's tenting it is what you're saying. Well, tenting I would say is more like you don't want to burn the top of your breast of your turkey unit. But this is more uh, of the hmm. setting or the, you know, kind of letting the juices settle, as they say. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. I'm very tempted to buy you a sous vide dingus right now. They are very, very fun. You can well, be a food scientist. So I wouldn't know fast. even what that is. If you try if you t- if you gave me a piece of pen uh, pen. Piece if you pen, gave me a piece of pen and table. a paper. Yes. Uh and said draw a sous vide dingus. <laughs> uh-huh. 
I don't know. I don't know what I think I would. It's I don't know a what lightsaber I would do. I would, with I would a cord. Draw. It's a lightsaber with a cord that brings water to a very precise level and keeps it there. Mm-hmm. So you can cook stuff. Still you can have drop. no idea why, why well, I would want that or what I would do. I get some beef. This is so fucking beef. boring. I'm going to, this okay, episode, right. will, this episode right. will never air. Let's, would, uh, let's not, let's not, let's not do it anymore. Let's not no. talk about it. Except I just want to know what, well, no. No, you don't. I don't. No, I don't. I, I have a hamburger hack. Oh, bring it. Ham, a hamburger hack that hamburger helps your hamburger hack. help you. I got hacked. Make your <laughs> a hamburger hick. Which is, are you are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Best hamburger. Ready. You ready for best hamburger? Okay, my eyes are closed. Denny's. Denny's hamburger. How do you get it? Do you get the medium Denny's. medium rare? So what Denny's done, what hamburger. Done is, what done is medium, do you get it done? Medium rare. Mm-hmm. Medium rare Denny's hamburger. You're not going to believe it. Okay. It's Denny's. Like the only reason you go to Denny's is it's two o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. you want to smoke cigarettes and and uh, and be gone. Oh, I smoked so many cigarettes at Denny's. Except a, you can't smoke cigarettes at Denny's anymore. B, <sighs> neither of us are goth. But there is a great hamburger there, and I think something like Thursdays or Tuesdays, kids eat free. <laughs> kids eat free. Good hamburger. Denny's. Now, Denny's had a lot. There, Denny's was very problematic. Denny's was one of those companies like Domino's and oh, really? Nantucket ne- Nectars that every that was uh, that the left boycotted because they were racist or because um, of like causes for causes. Mm-hmm. But I think Denny's was actually Denny's actually like was demonstrably racist. Uh, the other, <laughs> no, those no, other Sambos. <laughs> Those Sambo's was visibly racist. <laughs> we we boycotted uh, Domino's because the owner gave money to anti-abortion. That's people. correct. That is why we did not get Domino's in college. We didn't get. Uh, we didn't go to Home Depot because that guy is just a crank, right? A bad bad. Oh, crank. I'm sorry to hear that. I like a Home Depot. But but apparently Home Depot itself says that bad crank guy is no longer involved. So don't be mad at their nuts and bolts. Okay, holds. they're no longer problematic. Yeah, well, okay. but bad crank guy is still around. I don't know what they're talking about because he's still around, but he's not. They don't. They 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 are trying to distance themselves. And then there was something about was it Snapple? I guess it was Snapple hmm. that was. They were all cutesy pie, but when you got behind the curtain, there was some kind of. They were uh, all like they were snap, Darth Mauls. Snapple boycott. There was a Snapple boycott. Snapple boycott. I think we boycott Papa John's because that guy's just like super oh, yeah, creepy, that's no right? Good. That's he's no a bad good. guy. Bad guy. Nineteen ninety three. Snapple boycott. That's probably not it. Well, no, I think that I think it dates to then. Is that right? Snapple rumors. Snapple rumors. I'm on Snopes.com looking at Snapple rumors. Snapple is affiliated with the Ku Klux Klan or donates money to the anti-abortion group Operation Rescue. There you go. Nineteen ninety two. Uh, the, 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 it's false. It's false according to Snopes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Um, Let's see what else Snapple's into. Yeah, so anyway, uh, steak, you know. uh, But, you know, that's a good place to start because that's, I think part of it is, like, you know, one of the little tricks in there is letting it come to room temperature. Having it be frozen, not as good. Well, you know, the freezer plays a large role in in my bachelorhood Mm. because 
It all goes in the freezer. And there are, there are some things that when they come in the house, they go into the freezer. I imagine you like Leonard Bernstein. Like you're like Leonard Bernstein. You come in, you're deciding like, like what orchestra members are here? What, what, what are we going to produce together today? Yeah, right. Uh, right that's right. I get my, I get my uh, conductor's wand out. I open the refrigerator. <laughs> Your conductor's wand. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you pick up baton. Uh-huh. I pick up baton. I open the refrigerator. I look inside. Here's what's inside. Tortillas, mm. eggs, okay, sixty-five kinds of mustard and hot sauce. <laughs> uh, some. It's your own little home version of chopped. Uh, some some mayonnaise. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, that is best foods mayonnaise that I buy for myself. Mm-hmm. There is some vegan mayonnaise left over from a time when vegans populated my house. <sighs> yeah. There is some other mayonnaise. Which someone else brought into the house who didn't understand that best foods is the only mayonnaise. Oh. Like you don't bring in another kind of mayonnaise. Oh, and then in the cupboard there's some mayonnaise that has John Hodgman's name on it from his Apocalypse Mayonnaise series. Okay, okay. Uh, and then in the fridge there's cream for the coffee. There's two percent milk. For some reason right now there's two. There are two containers of two percent milk. Hmm. And then in the crisper drawer, there's a bunch of different kinds of cheese. Are you doing this from memory? Well, because this is all that's in there. Are you looking at it right now? No. Okay. That's amazing. Uh, that recall is incredible. I don't think I could do that with my refrigerator. Oh, I could tell you everything that's in there. In the back, can you, can you there, tell what's in mine? <laughs> um, that's okay. Well, don't worry about it. Like seven cases of fizzy water. At least oh, that's God. What it's, it's it's an issue. <laughs> Uh, and then in the back, there's a open box of Arm & Hammer baking soda. Oh, that's nice. That keeps it fresh. Uh, that keeps it fresh, although it's been in there for eight years. <laughs> you want to feel, you're ready to feel old? <laughs> Next time you do that, like today, go replace that and write today's date on there. It's going to blow your mind the next time you look at it. <laughs> like, wait a minute, 1989? <laughs> what the? I'm having a Synecdoche, New York moment. What has happened? Where did all the baking soda time go? I think you got the fixings of some good stuff because you know the key is like all great mysteries. You've given us too many clues. Uh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. You got you got a refrigerator full of MacGuffins. La la la. There, there's got to be a way that you can really like, zzz, get your laser vision right on the few items that you could really uh, curate into a delicious uh, into a delicious meal for table. Well, what happens in the fridge is it's just a way station. Mm. Things either come in there and hang out in in the refrigerator area for. Three to five days before they are consumed, or they go into the fridge, and it just slows them down on their way into the freezer. Okay, right? Because okay. they're in the fridge, and they're either like, "Oh, that's been in there five days." And the freezer, I, the, the freezer is like hard time. Like you could be in there for a while. Right. You okay. could be there for a while. And so if you if you if you spend five days in the fridge, oh boy. to the point where I'm looking at it like, hmm, how many more days in the fridge before this is no longer mm-hmm. a, a viable thing? Got transfer them. Like, you got transfer them from county. You, you send them. You right. send them up to freezer. That's right. They go upstate, <laughs> and then in the freezer, <laughs> if they're there long enough, I forget that maybe they were in the refrigerator for too long Aww. because they've been frozen now. But now for you a can't long trust time. your freezer. No, no, no. I trust it. Okay. Eventually, it all goes. It all comes out. Mm-hmm. I look at it. I go, "How long has this been in here?" Mm. And then I. I make it because I don't have because I'm uh, I'm a bachelor and I don't have very high standards for myself. No, you're a man who's who's more than more than comfortable eating out of a pot with a large spoon. 
that I will eat out of a can. Mm. You know, I will eat out of a can with a fork with a with a spoon that I got in a takeout thing from a long time ago that I didn't just, throw just away two when I filthy them. fingers in the ravioli can. <laughs> and, it, and, I'm, and I'm eating like beans out of a can, cold beans out of a can. So, and then the things that come out of the freezer, and I'm like, either I don't know what this is, I don't even know where this came from, or you look at it and you're like, this is freezer burned, like this is bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a good rule of thumb is if you can't tell what it is, you probably don't want it. In my case, if you mm-hmm. can't tell what it is, it goes in the crock pot. Go. <laughs> go in the crock pot, cook it for 10 hours. Let's see what you got in you, buddy. And then uh, open the crock pot up with a with a wood spoon. Oh, boy. And mash, 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 Whatever mash, it mash. is, you put it in there with some onions and some bay leaves, maybe some beans. <laughs> that's yeah. going to be, that's good eating. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. I'll get like, oh, you know what? I was very aspirational about this kale. I think onions could make a lady's shoe taste good. I mean, there's certain kinds of things there. If you stick it in the pot and leave it in there long enough, you're going to be fine. Yep, yep. And it gets uh, out all the toxins. It sweats it out, I think is what it's called in, in it sweats food safety. Out the tox- it sweats out all the toxins. And then the, the onion helps suffuse it. I, uh, lately, I've you know, when, I, when I'm backstage at an event and there's one of those... Um, you know, there's a courtesy plate of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Assuming that everyone that does events is just pacing around thinking, God, if I just had some, like, broccoli that I could mm. dip in some ranch. Yeah, just a, just a little bit of crudite. Such such a nice treat. You don't really get yeah. that very much. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it always happens. And I usually just sort of walk out of the dressing room, look back at this enormous, tr- like, plastic tray covered with vegetables, and I just sort of look at it. Mm-hmm. And then turn out the light and and close the door and keep going on mm. my way home. But lately, I've been taking it because then I put all those vegetables in the crock pot with whatever I pull out of the what I, I pull out of the back of the freezer, and it turns into you know some kind of like meaty mush, meaty but veggie. It, it must also be. I mean, I'm just guessing, but like you don't really exactly know what. All of that stuff is what the quality, what the age. It must be a little bit of a fun mystery. It's almost like a surprise meal. When it's done, you may not know exactly what you're in for, right? Isn't that part of the fun? Almost every meal I prepare at home is is going to produce a surprise. Oh, boy. That's because cool. When, it, when it's good, it's like, what a surprise. When it's, uh, when it's awful, it's like, whew, that was a surprise. And when it's like somewhere in the middle where you go, I turned... Either I turned garbage into something edible, or I turned something edible into garbage. <laughs> but neither time I know for sure what, what's going to happen until I put that first fork to my mouth. Uh-huh. I made some soup and served it uh, to my daughter and myself the other day. And I put it down in front of her, and she took a bite of it uh-huh. and said, I don't like this soup. Oh, boy. And I said, you're a child, and mm-hmm. you don't get to choose all the time what your food is. This is good soup. And I need you to eat some of the soup. And she was like, I had another bite and was like, I just, you know, she, but she was doing it in a kid way. Like, I don't want this soup. It's gross. And I was puttering in the kitchen, getting the rest of the stuff ready. And I was like, listen, we're having soup. That's what we're having. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've tried that. (laughs) You're going to have to, you're going to have to get right with with Jesus here. (laughs) As the words are coming, at least for me, as the words are coming out of my mouth, it seems so patently obvious that I've, I've just. I have just um, identified a state of reality in the in the world, which is that mm-hmm. there are meals in the world, and there is our home. And mm-hmm. the Venn diagram is that the meal in our home tonight is soup. It's soup. This is the thing we're we... having. Mom and Dad want Indian food tonight, and that's the thing we're having for dinner. 
That's exactly right. What kind of <laughs> what part of Indian meal are you interested in? <laughs> this because, does not mean you get a cheeseburger. There is no Indian cheeseburger. Yeah. Maybe maybe at table, but not at our table. Not at our table. Well, so then I sat down and I tucked myself under this bowl of soup and I said, "Look, here's how here's how a person eats soup." And mm-hmm. I took a bite of the soup and I was like, "Oh dear. This is terrible soup." <laughs> and she said <laughs> she like she glared at me and I was like, "Oh dear." And this I stood would be a up and very good cartoon. <laughs> I took her soup away and I took my soup away and I said, let's find another thing to eat that isn't this soup. Uh, And so she was like, yeah, thanks. Thanks. I was trying to tell you. Have a job, dad. I was trying to tell you. Hey, John, let's talk about a sponsor. Oh, I'm I'm springing this on you. I want to talk about uh, Squarespace. Can I tell you about Squarespace? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Squarespace yeah. is uh, uh, where you can go to make a beautiful website for yourself. You can turn your cool idea into a website to showcase your work. You can blog or publish content, sell products, all in one place with beautiful templates. John, did you know that our, our website is a Squarespace website? Were you aware of that? I did know that. You know, I have several websites that are on Squarespace. Oh, boy. <laughs> is this going to be like the mattress? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I... I'm deliberately doing it now because I want to allow time. What kind of stuff are you doing on Squarespace, John? Well, I, I feel like I need websites. I need more websites. Mm-hmm. Um, because People are always e- telling you, you got to get on the internet. Get on the internet, right? Well, and, you know, e-commerce. Think about all the e-commerce. That's so good because they have powerful e-commerce functionality. Uh, e-commerce fun- e-com- <laughs> they have powerful e-commerce functionality. Why do I do this? That lets they you have- sell anything online. They have e-commerce functionality? They got the e-commerce. Well, they also get the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, more with just a few clicks. Isn't that this amazing? Is, this is exactly what I need. I need this. It's optimized and for so, mobile right out of the box. So I have them. I have them. And then I have people that are like, let me help you uh, uh, do your Squarespace. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, awesome. And then I, and so right now, I think I have several Squarespace websites that are being managed by several different people. Um, <laughs> and I think that they're probably conducting e-commerce or putting things, putting things on the internet. One imagines the sites are fine, raves John Roderick. Yeah, I think they're, I, I think, think they're, they're fine. I, I like, I like it. I like it a lot. I have lots of things on Squarespace. There's our, there's our, uh, internet podcast, which is on Squarespace. And we put the right. episodes up there. The show art that I steal from other places that goes up there. Uh, my Merlin man meetup site. That's at merlinm.com slash meetup. You can even, uh, you know, you can learn about, you know, the stuff I do. And I love it. I've been with them for years and years and I think they're great. And I'll tell you a secret. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is within the terms. I set up a, uh, we're setting up a site for my kid. It's going to be a private site. But she wanted to, we bought her a domain name that she wanted, and now uh, she's going to have her own little website in Squarespace. How cool! How sweet is that? How can you believe how fast they grow up? Oh, uh, she gets her own website. What's she going to put there? I can't, I couldn't say. Oh, right, right. Well, right. she and her friends have developed a character, and they have a club, and they've made business cards, and it's an entire enterprise that she's undertaken. Well, it sounds like uh, mm-hmm. sounds like the Roderick group, basically. That's right. It's like you get the nice girls and the funny boys. Uh-huh. See, they also, the, the other thing to know is it's a new way to buy domains. You can choose from over 200 different extensions at uh, Squarespace. They have analytics that help you grow over time. It has a built-in search engine optimization, which I know is very important for John. Secure. That is SEO. Yeah, oh, SEO. Look it up. Do your SEO. research, sir. And you know what? There's nothing to ever patch or upgrade. And you get 24 by 7 award-winning customer support 
whenever you need it, you go and you make it with Squarespace. So if you uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're in the business, uh, if you're if you're uh, in the market for a website, you go to squarespace.com. You get a free trial, no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch your beautiful new site, use the offer code ROTL just like it sounds ROTL. ROTL. ROTL that'll save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Booyah. Yeah. Our thanks um, to uh, Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. I don't even know how internets were done before Squarespace because right now everybody I know uses Squarespace. I don't even know what the other options are. Mm. I mean, we're advertising to people who are probably out there thinking, I have my internet on a different place. Yes. And we're saying... You should go to Squarespace, but from where I'm sitting in my chair, mm-hmm. all I know is Squarespace because there it's doing such a good job that I don't even know why there's another. I don't even have like a particularly great analogy for it, except to say that there was a time when people, idiots like me, made their living doing the kind of stuff that Squarespace does automatically and flawlessly now. Oh. And I'm now that I have other ways to to, you know, Make income and stuff. I'm very happy to not be in that business because it has gotten very complex. I would not want to have to make a website nowadays that looks good on a phone and on a giant screen and on a TV and all that. That's one of the nice things Squarespace does. This ad's going on longer than I wanted, but uh, mm-hmm. but I can I actually do recommend them. And here's John. Here's what I'd like to tell the kids. Yeah. Here's the thing with Squarespace. Even if you're like uh, the kind of person John's talking about, even if you already have a website you made yourself out of stuff mm-hmm. you found in your freezer. Right. Keep in mind that someone you know may not be as cool and nerdy as you and might uh-huh. want to know about this. There you go. You tell there them it is. About, we need a new web page for the day school. <laughs> Can you make me one? Can you roll the GitHub on my word monkey? And you're like, no. Yeah. You go to squarespace.com, you get yourself a website, and you just go do that. You're out of the just, webmaster business. Just get a website. Get I a was website. talking to my mom the other day, and I said, why? Because she, she was talking about because she, she's very frustrated with the fact that programmers now, I, we've talked about this, programmers yeah. now, she says, they just put out stuff that's in beta, and then they make all of us into beta testers, and that's not how it that used to be. That drives her crazy. People used to make sure that before they released a product that it worked, mm-hmm. and she's like, they don't even care if it works now. She's so mad. Mm. And she's talking about programming and how programming works, and how you know she still thinks like a programmer, and she's like, I don't understand how somebody could listen to a podcast while they were programming. Like, you have to be using your brain to program. And I was like, I don't know if that's true anymore. Yeah. And at a, at a certain point, she was like, well, you know, this, that, and the other. And I said, wait a minute. Never occurred to me before. Why don't they write a program to program? Oh, it seems like it's something a program would be good for. And she said, well, that is how they program now. They wrote programs to program. Mm. And then you it's had to... Saying, it's programs all the way down. Yeah. And you had to learn how to use the program that programmed. And then they made a new program that programmed the program that programmed. And I was like, I was just like thinking about all these stacks and stacks and stacks of programs yes. that are running programs. Yes. And I said, wait a minute, mom, are you telling me that there are ones and zeros at the bottom of all this? And mm. she's like, that's all there is. All, all there, is. there is is ones <sighs> and zeros. All this other stuff where people are like, do, 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 I'm programming mm-hmm. somewhere down the line. There's Ones and zeros, which is what we used to have to do. We have to, we had to use to play with. They them. pull the strings, but they are not the puppet. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Every, and people are there for the puppet. And I'm hearing you say that Squarespace is a program that programs the program that programs. That's a really good way to put it. I think they should they should probably use that. That would be a very good catchphrase for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For Squarespace, I, I get it. I get program it. the program that programs the program. You buffalo, pro, you have buffalo, to, buffalo, <laughs> buffalo, <have> buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo. And thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. <coughs> <clears throat>
I thought I'd try that just for once. Because we're, we're, let's nice. be honest, we're recording two episodes in a day. And uh, I, I thought we should try that. Isn't that fun? Did that work? Do oh, you I think, think it works great. Oh, you think it's going to be... Oh, that's flawless. Yeah, flawless. I'm just so winded. Are you tired? I'm kind of tired. Maybe I should. I should have a. Maybe I should have an almond. I'm tired. I do. I feel tired. I feel. I felt. I started writing song lyrics yesterday, and they were all like, "I give up. Aww. I surrender. Yeah. I don't. You. You got me. You beat me. You finally mm. beat me." <laughs> mm. They had a big spill of that Keystone pipeline. Did no. you get your mom programming on that? They did just now. I think I know two hundred thousand gallons. I want to say. Oh Jesus. Keystone spill or leak. Bill. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No good. You don't want that. Nope. Two hundred and ten thousand gallons of oil. That's so awful. It's sort of like I'm sorry. I'm eating. It's it's okay. Sort of. You get a little kid. Little kid wants a cat. And you say, "All right, hang on a second. <clears throat> you say, "Little kid, all right. I'll get you the goddamn cat, but you need to take care of it." And what does the kid, kid say? The kid says, "Oh." Of, of course. course, I'll take care of the cap. I'm like, well, you don't understand. You might, you got to feed it. You got to give it water. You got to, uh, you got to, you got to groom it. You might have to express its anal glands at some point. You're going to have to do stuff with this cat that you may not be. Re- don't worry. I really want a cat. And then you give it the cat, and the cat's fucking dead in three days. Keystone people say, "Let us have the pipeline, please and thank you. This is not going to be a problem. We promise nothing will leak." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two hundred ten thousand gallons, and then you say, "Well, you know, shit happens." Uh, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of oil. <coughs> Two hundred ten thousand. Well, you know, it's a drop in the bucket. Do you still see Kurt? Um, he's yeah, he's kind of famous now, right? He's famous. Kurt is um very prickly, and hmm. and you know he's spectrumy, right? So oh. if you want to sit and talk to Kurt. He's very social and like, but he's obviously really trying. And then after a while, it, it uses him up, right? He's, it, and yes. I'm very sympathetic to him. I am too. I am too. And so um, we see each other. We have a good time. We laugh. We exchange some like old memes, hmm. which is part of how people socialize with one another, right? Like, Haha, remember <laughs> that time? Oh, I do. We talk about it every time. Okay, great. Oh, your face nice belong to us. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> You're the uh, man now, dog. I adore him, right? Mm-hmm. What's up? Bud. Where's the beef, she says. <laughs> she didn't know where the beef was. <laughs> and it's really little. <laughs> so she says to the guy, where's the beef? Where is it? Where I is the beef, Clara Peller? Bless beef. her heart. Mm. Pizza, 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 pizza. Oh yeah, we could do a whole show just to this Borgesmord. And you know, then there are all the regional, uh, the regional songs. Oh right? yeah, the you got uh, Cal. Songs. You got Cal, right? Cal. 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 We have Cal. What's Cal? Cal is. Uh, oh, go see Cal. Go see Cal. Go see Cal. That's Cal, Cal's the uh, car car dealer. Cal right? Worthington Ford. Cal yeah, Worthington I mean, Ford. Cal. Cal had uh, what's crazy is that he had he was a Ford dealer in Alaska, but I think he was a Chevy dealer in California, and so they would repurpose these commercials. They'd show like these great California shots of right, and Cal like, cut, cut in like, a little bit of local color. Yeah, and then cut in some pictures of some Fords, and then they go back Cal. to him playing with a ta- <laughs> with a tiger or something. Penance with snow on them. But we all knew we all knew all the songs, right? I mean, it had multiple verses. 
Wow. If, if you're looking for a better set of wheels, <laughs> I will stand upon my head to beat all deals. <laughs> I just got a cowboy hat. I'll stand upon my head until my ears are turned red. Mm. Go see cow, go see cow, go see cow. Follow um, the signs, follow the cars to Cash Schomburgie's Big Bargain Barn in South Lebanon, Ohio. I don't care about making money. I just love to sell carpets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cash Schomburgie. It's Crazy Eddie. We didn't have Crazy Eddie, but we, when we got cable TV, they I hope had... he got the had, help he needed. Yeah. You oh, know? Crazy Eddie? No, yeah, I don't little, think he did. A little bit ableist. <laughs> uh, we, had, uh, we had a lot, you know, um, there was a song called... Uh, uh, there was an Anchorage tourism campaign uh, in the 80s called Wild About Anchorage. And it's it's kind of funny about those local tourism campaigns because they put those ads on Alaska TV where it's like, yeah, we're all in Anchorage. I mean, if we're wild about it, this is, a, this is as good as it gets. Your commercial isn't going to like like psych us up about it. These commercials should be on TV in California. Mm-hmm. But it had a great song, Wild Wild about Anchorage, it's a marvelous time. And then there were like these animals, moose and bear and raccoons and stuff, doing a can-can style well, thing. animated ones? Yeah. That's adorable. And it was very cute and very wonderful. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a thing that we all actually kind of, it did psych us up. We got into it. Like, this is a thing. We're wild about Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And people had buttons and t-shirts, wild about Anchorage. I'm not sure if that exists to this day, but... But we all knew the song. Yeah. John, I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm exhausted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, think, I, feel like, I feel like we had a good show. It was a very good and, show. Uh, uh, you know, uh, as this, this is uh, coming out on uh, Monday, which is uh, today, uh, you go over to uh, Cotton Bureau. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. Go to show notes to find it. You can get, get one of our T-shirts. They're really oh, nice. This gotta, is, it's getting to be the holiday season. dun 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 bum 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 and uh, and you want to you want to do this you want to go and get a shirt because I think they're the best shirts all the great shirts you go and the truth is you go to oh Jesus Christ cottonbureau.com slash people slash Roderick dash on dash the dash line and uh, we got the super train pound sign super train shirt we got the Roderick on the line orange bell it's lovely and of course yep. the brand new all the great shows uh, t shirt and and the thing is some of them are available as uh, what you call hoodies and sweatshirts. Did you know oh. that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, my my super train shirt that I wear the most is a hoodie. It's got drawstrings and pockets in the whole nine. I'm gonna get one of these all the great shows hoodies. I gave I just you know I gave a code to Sean to get a free shirt. Oh, nice. Don't you feel like we kind of not, not owe it to him? But like I think it's a nice gesture. It's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> he was there when you said it. And then he did canonize it by making fun of you about it for years, right? Uh, yeah, he was the one that um. He was the one that turned it and made it into a uh, made it into a, a, a meme directed at kicking me in the knee. Mm-hmm. But that that but that was fun for us both because I love being kicked in the knee. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, all the great shows became synonymous with my inability to navigate simple social situations. I hope you get the ability to um, sit down with Dan uh, Dan Harmon at some point. We'd be able to one visit and days. like one of these days a chance to sit down and visit and interview and really get inside the creator create process. Oh, I'm sit I down sit down at microphone. I can't wait. I can't wait. Do you have a bell or shall I ring us out? Oh, hang on. Let me get let me find my bell. I did. Okay. I got it. I brought oh hang on, it's over there. Let me get it. Go. Hang on. Okay. Uh, uh John oh, step aside for a moment. He's going to get his bell. He should be back in just a moment. Now 
This isn't this isn't my actual orange bell. Okay, okay. This is a bell that we got during our phase of like maybe we should make bells. Oh, we did. We got test bells, and we had a couple of test bells, and then this was one of the test bells, and it's still kind of floating around here. So here we go. Ready? Us out. Have thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, that's pleasant. Mm, pardon that turkey. <laughs>